okay. Mike on you. Uh, okay. This is for everybody here so that they can, uh, you know, hear you. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> okay, let me just get a couple of things set out here. Thank you, Father. Well, what a blessing it is to be here today. And for those that are watching online, welcome. We are excited, or I'm excited. I say we. You know, look, we can say we even if you're, when you're on your own. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us. Hallelujah. I get people saying to me all the time, what do you mean we? There's like one of you. I says, oh, no, there's not. There's a vast army. I've got my angels with me. I've got the Holy Spirit with me. Oh, it's definitely we. <laughs> so anyway, it's a blessing to be in Florida right now as we are pressing in um, and just really sharing the gospel across. Across the country, and you know, it's it's amazing. You know, we're a ministry that witnesses signs and wonders and miracles. We see the transforming power of a mighty God, and uh, you know, it's important that we understand prophetically what is going on in these days. And I love being around Scott, and blessings to you, Cecile, as well. It's good to see you, and it's good to be with you all. And um, blessings about being around Scott is Scott moves in the prophetic, and he is a prophet of the Most High. And, uh, you know, this morning I woke up, it's like five something in the morning, and uh, I wrote these words down, and uh, I was asking the Holy Spirit, I'm just pressing them, what do you want to say today? And uh, I wrote it about 5.20 this morning. He said, this is the word, going deeper with God. Mm-hmm. So what was the last song we just talked about your love is deep, your love is high, your love is long, your love is wide. And what is it about? It's about the depths of who we are in the Spirit. Do we understand? Do our eyes see as He sees? This is the problem we have today, is we are looking at the Scripture through our natural eyes, and we limit God. So it's okay to get on an airplane with $50 when I took all the money out of the bank to pay the rent for our property in Spain, I left my wife with no cash. I said, listen, 50 bucks. I could just about buy a Starbucks when I land in America, so I'll keep the 50. You've got half a bomb shelter full of food there, and uh, you've got half a, half a tank of gas in the tank. So, man, you're rich compared to me. I'll take the 50 bucks. <laughs> and I came to America with $50, no credit, nowhere to stay, And this is what the Holy Spirit said. I don't want you to travel and preach. I want you to go to the brokenhearted. I want you to go to the needs of uh, the poor. I want you to minister to the broken. And let me tell you something. You know, that is no way to, uh, to build uh, support for your ministry. <laughs> you know, you've got 10 days to pay about $3,000 of bills that have got to be paid. Plus, you, where are you going to stay? How are you going to drive? And this is what the Spirit said. I will give you a pickup truck and I'll give you a 12-foot trailer and you'll travel across the country and you'll minister to the broken. So I went out there and uh, I landed in, uh, in America back in April And I did 14,000 miles across the country, including Canada, with no money. Many times when the money came to an end, because when you have the revelation of what it truly means to go deep in Him, we don't look at what's before us. We don't look at the emotional realm. We don't look at what we feel. It's not about what you feel. It's about what He says. And some of us, we've misplaced the word of of God for our lives. He's spoken his word and we say, your word is up here and I'm here. And that's the problem. We're identifying where we are in the natural realm instead of identifying where we are in the heavenly realm. We all know what it says in the book of Ephesians. Every spiritual blessing is given to you and to me. Where? In the heavenly realm. And why is it given it to... given? Why is it... <laughs> I need to try to speak in anima de bar English. <laughs> I need to speak English. Why is it given to us in the heavenly realm? It's there so no thief can steal the promises of God over your life. 
There's no one can come along. Oh, people can come along. They can rob from you. They can abuse you. Uh, You know, the devil can have assignments against you to pull you down, to break you, to destroy your life, to uh, destroy even your mindset of who he is. But in the midst of it, this is the word of the Lord. I'm calling you to go deeper. I'm calling you to go deeper in my word. I'm calling you to go beyond what you see in the natural. I'm calling you to connect with who I am in the spirit, says the Lord. The father spoke to me and he said this as I was out. Hey, I've already been out doing evangelism today. Hallelujah. Man, I was out, set the tent up, prayer tent. I I gave out, what, 50-something letters of hope this morning. I prayed with people on the streets. The Holy Spirit was moving on the streets right downtown here at Crystal River. And I'm just warming up. Let me tell you something. We have got to get to that place where we say, you know what, devil, your time's up. You're not going to have control over our cities. You're not going to have control over our towns. It's time for a mighty move of the Spirit. And it doesn't take theological understanding for the breakthrough. It just takes a willingness to get up and go. Going deeper with God. You know, the Great Commission is go into the world and preach the gospel. And then we think about all the things we have to do. What does that mean? What do we understand in the preaching of the gospel? But when we set up tents... We have a letter of hope that we give out, and I've got a copy of those letters, and I want to give them to each and every one of you here today. And if you're watching online, you can go to bulldozerfaith.com, and uh, you'll see on our mission agency, there's a link to download the letter of hope there. And what is so powerful about this letter, uh, just before COVID happened, I was uh, traveling across the country ministering here in the U.S., I was in Texas, and I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning just pressing in in prayer. And the Father said this to me. I said, Father, what is the key that you want to give me today to minister to the broken? And, you know, I want, the, the reason why I'm saying this, I want you to get something in your spirit right now. You do not have because you don't ask. Let me tell you something. There's a demonic assignment against you opening your mouth concerning the promises of God. It says, you do not have, you do not ask. Ask and it will be given, your joy will be complete. It is so simple. The scripture is so simple. So why is it we deal with lack? Why is it we deal with these challenges in life? Why is it when we're in a tough situation? Maybe you're in a situation because of your sin. Maybe you're in a situation because of the wrong that you have done. And right there back in uh, Mark chapter 16, when Yeshua is risen from the dead, you know, what do we see in that scripture when the angel is speaking to the Marys when they come what they think is to anoint uh, Jesus' body and they find out that he is risen. What, what did the angel say? Go to the Galilee and tell the disciples that he will meet them there. But he didn't just say tell the disciples. He said, tell the disciples and Peter. Well, why did he say and Peter? Because Peter just denied him three times. And when he denied the Messiah three times, he was the one that said, I'm not going to deny you. Man, I'm strong. Man, of all these disciples, I've already done the analysis. I am the strongest believer you have, Jesus. If there's anyone you can count on, you can count on me. But what did the enemy want to do? The enemy wanted to sift him. And Jesus prayed for him. And guess what happened? The very one that thought he was the strongest of all became the one who denied Yeshua, Jesus. And when he denied Jesus, what did he do when he realized what had taken place? He wept bitterly. Just imagine, you know, what was going on within his heart. You might be in that place where you're weeping. You might be in that place where you are uh, coming before the Lord. Thank you. You might be in that place where you're wondering, how can I uh, break through because of what I have done within my life? And there's something that we need to understand, and this is not really what I'm speaking on today, but this, let's just flow with what the Holy Spirit's saying. There's something that we need to understand. When man deals with the forgiveness of God according to the Scripture, why does he do it in a way that God doesn't do it? This is how Yeshua works, Jesus. He says, you're forgiven. 
Go and sin no more. What do believers do? They say, yep, you're forgiven, but I'm going to watch you for the next 12 months. I'm going to watch you for the next five years. You know, well, wait a second. If God says you're forgiven, go and sin no more. How does he expect you to live after you receive the forgiveness of God? He expects you to rise up like the event didn't happen. That's how powerful his forgiveness is. And he is calling us to go deeper in the understanding of the Spirit. Going deeper in the understanding of what uh, the Spirit is saying to us concerning your life. What are you doing concerning the prophecies that he has given you? Are you willing to wage war over the prophetic word? Or are you just going to allow the day just to go by step by step and, you know, whatever it'll be will be, oh, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be. That's a pub song, not the song of the believer. Hallelujah. That's what they sing in the pub. That's what they sing at football in different places. But that's not what we sing as children of the Most High. So what's the Holy Spirit saying today? He's saying, I am a God who forgives. I'm a God who sets the captives free. I'm the one who wants to reach out to you today. I'm the one that wants to bring healing to your life. And, you know, in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. And this is a theme that we see from the beginning of the book all the way to the end. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek Him. Seek Him with all of your heart. Don't just seek Him. Seek His strength. We need His strength. And one of the huge problems we have when Adam and Eve, they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what happened? You don't just know that which is uh, evil, You also know that which is good. But what happened? Their eyes were open and there was a whole realm that opened up to mankind that mankind was never made to take on their shoulders. You will understand good and evil. We have people walking around. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with stress. They're they're going through tough times. Why are they going through all of this? Because they're partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Their eyes are open. They're seeing what's going on in the world. They're seeing what's going on in their life. They're seeing what's going on around them. And they're taking things upon their own shoulders that man was never intended to carry. And that's why the scripture says, cast your cares onto the Lord. Cast your cares onto me. What did Jesus say, Yeshua? He said, take my yoke upon you. It's not burdensome. My yoke is easy and my burden is is light. Why did he say that? Because here comes the religious, the religious. What do they want to do? They want to bind you down with the rules and regulations and the process of how they see the interpretation of Scripture. So when it comes to the area of forgiveness, when it comes to the area of receiving the forgiveness of God, I want to tell you, stop looking at how man views you because of your past. Stop looking at the brokenness of what you are going through because of past sin. You might be in a a place where you're experiencing the assignments of the enemy and people don't understand. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to silence your voice. He wants to break you down so that you will not be everything that he has called you to be. He wants to stop you from being a witness. He wants to shut down the oracle of his word to come forth from you. You know, I got up this morning early, as I like to do. And look, I don't know if it's by choice. Well, you know, sometimes when I go to bed, I'm like, hurry up, where's the morning? You know, when we're in the kingdom, you won't have to sleep. Oh, I can't wait, you know. (laughs) I can't wait to get to that place. But, you know, I went to bed early last night and just, I went to bed early because I love the early mornings. And, you know, I get up early in the morning even if I go to bed late. But, you know, that's not a good thing, is it? You know, we should get the rest that we need to get through the day. So last night I made the decision, I'm going to get an early night. I went around, I prayer walked around this community. I prayer walked in different areas. And I asked the Holy Spirit, where are you going to pour out? 
Where do you want me to minister in this community? Where is the place of the brokenness? You know, we don't just go out and do things. We need to inquire of God. You don't do things because you can, but we do things because he says. So what is the word of the Lord concerning being a witness? Go and make disciples of the nation. What does that look like? And Scott, I just want to pause a second. As, um, as I came in here this morning, you were praying, and, uh, and I was just listening to what the Holy Spirit was telling me. And he said this. He said, this is the hour where you will open a school. You will open a school of training. You will train people in ministry. And it's this hour. And he says, as you move forward with that element of the vision that the Father has already given you, he says, it will bring the increase. It will bring the blessing. And it's something that the enemy has sought to bring delay over time and time again. But the Holy Spirit says today that this is the day. This is the time for that to happen. And I I thank you, Father, right now over Scott and Cecile. Father, I thank you for the finances to open this school. We ask for an open heaven over their life right now, over this ministry right now, that you will bring in the resources. Father, I look around here and I just see all the books. I see all the things that you've given Scott, the many writings that you've given him, the great uh, tools that you have uh, spoken through him. And I ask you, Father, to bring in the seed capital for that school uh, this time. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Is that a confirming word for you today? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. I've been wanting to start that school for uh, since 2002. Amen. Since 2002. Well, this is the season. Thank you, Jesus. This is the season. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. (laughs) Oh, don't we love it when the Holy Spirit gets moving, you know? It says in 1 John chapter 5, For everyone who has been born of Elohim overcomes the world. And this is the victory that he has overcome the world. And this is the victory that he has overcome the world. Our faith. Where is our faith in the midst of understanding the overcoming power of God? So this morning when I got up, you know, I look at the weather forecast and rain, 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 rain. I'm like, you know, it's not going to rain. At the beginning, it says it's going to rain at 7 o'clock this morning. And I'm up at 5.30 this morning saying, it's not going to rain. I'm going to go out and minister for some time on the street. I'm going to put the tent up. It's not going to rain. I'm, <laughs> you know, so I'm looking at the, the, the weather app, uh, two weather apps. You know, one app's got rain, the other app's got half a rain. And I'm like, you know, it's going to change. Father, give me an open heaven. Give me an open window to minister in the dry. So when people are out walking their dogs and now just having a stroll this morning, that I can have opportunity to pray with people and to minister to people. And that's what the Father granted me this morning. Hallelujah. He gave me that opening. But just after 6.30 this morning, my phone rings. Now, we don't often get calls at 6.30 in the morning, do we? <laughs> and I'm like, Who, what number's that? Well, I was in another part of Florida a couple of days ago, and we ordained uh, a ministry couple uh, on Friday. And uh, after they did their service yesterday on Shabbat, uh, they were just so fired up. The Holy Spirit said, bless them with a tent and stuff to go out and do street evangelism and to minister in the parks. And they were so excited. After their time of fellowship, they're like, come on, guys, gather the stuff. Let's get the tent in the car. And, you know, they didn't have all the tools and all the things. And they they wrote and made a signed prayer tent and everything. And they went out there. They they haven't had anything. But it's not about what do we have. It's let's get out there. And they went out to the park. And they they called me this morning. They said, oh, we wanted to call you last night. We wanted to, you know, sorry it's early. But we've got to share on the glory of God. This is what happened. This is the people we got to pray for. This is the ministry that God did. Oh, we are so on fire. We are walking in a spirit of revival. Let me tell you, I was just in Blackstone, Virginia uh, last week. And uh, we went out to Walmart car park, set up a tent. And we had 15 people come and join us to give out letters of hope and pray for people. And it's a very hard ground spiritually in that area. 
you know, the churches, they don't have a lot of people in their churches and people are very ungodly. There's a lot of meth and alcohol and drug abuse and, uh, you know, it's a pretty run-down community. Anyway, we're in that uh, just next to the Walmart car park and we start praying, uh, praising, we put out praise music, we prayer walk the place and I teach everyone when we go to an area, we don't go to the area and just do our thing. We come and we seek the face of the Father. You know, before we even went there, the Holy Spirit told me exactly where we had to go, what had to be done, because a few days before, I took a prayer walk around the place, and I'm asking the Spirit, where are you going to pour out? Where's the place we need to set up? What is the environment that we need to be in? And he showed me where to set things up. So I got there two hours before anyone was coming to join, you know, we said, come and uh, meet with us at a certain time. So I was there two hours before. I wanted to be set up so when people come, they weren't coming thinking about getting set up. Because you know what happens? People get so busy with the organization of things that they miss connection of what's going on spiritually. And, you know, that, that's why sometimes there's people who are called to organize things and there's others who get to come and participate and be a part. And what is the purpose of that process, that time and that process? You know, it's like uh, Scott said at 9.30 in the morning, how do they start here? They start in the place of prayer. Now, the service starts at 10 o'clock, so it doesn't mean that, it, it doesn't mean if you're here or not at that time, prayer is going on. The foundation has to be laid and when we go out to the parks and uh, parking lots, I, I always say car parks being British, you know. When we go out to the parking lots, uh, you know, we see a mighty outpouring of his spirit. And, you know, the word the Father gave me, he said, I have called you, uh, I've called you to set up a thing called pastor of the parks. I want you to minister in parks. And, uh, you know, in one of the places I was at, six times people came up to me and said, hey, pastor of the park, will you pray for me? And this happened in a short period of time in less than two hours. And then the Holy Spirit says, do you hear what I'm saying? I need you to launch a thousand locations across North America at this time because the outpouring of my spirit is coming on this land. And if you've studied revival... If you've ever looked at, and I'm not talking about false revivals and, and media hype revivals. I'm talking about genuine revivals that we see that are documented. What you find about revival is the Holy Spirit pours out and no one's preaching. In the Welsh revival, <clears throat> 100,000 people came to Jesus with no one preaching. Oh, brother, what are you talking about? Listen, they were on the train coming in from England into Wales on the train. All of a sudden, between Chepstow and Newport, Gwent, they fell on their faces screaming out, Have mercy on me, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. All of a sudden, they're weeping and being transformed in the presence of a mighty God, and no one's preaching. There was no one on the train uh, with their big uh, megaphone, you know, Repent! <laughs> Repent! No. They were just sitting on the train, minding their own business. What about the Outer Hebridean revival in Scotland? What happened there? They were on the dance floors. They were drinking. All of a sudden, the dance floor became holy ground. Everyone that went to go on the dance floor got convicted of their sins and started weeping. And before you know it, the entire community, those who were clubbing, old old words, not clubbing like clubbing today, but clubbing, you know, maybe they're doing the Kaylee dance or something. But they were out there doing the old-fashioned clubbing, you know, drinking booze and all that stuff. They were convicted of their sins. They leave, and what do they want to do? They want to find the people of God. Why do they want to find the people of God? They need someone to explain what is happening to me? What is happening to me? And this is our job, that we are equipped, that we are trained so we know how to minister the love of a mighty God. And God says we're coming to a time where people are going to be looking for answers. But let me tell you something. They're not coming to the traditional channels. They're not going to the mega church that's putting on the big show, let me entertain you. They're not looking for those places. They're going to be looking for 
genuine people of God. So in the Outer Hebridean revival, how big was the local church? It was predominantly empty. But why did the revival take place? Because two old ladies that were disabled and weren't even able to get to church, they didn't lose connection with their ministry or their calling. They were 84 and 86 year old and half blind and couldn't walk. But they, they, they diligently prayed that God pour out on our island, pour out on this location. And it was God who answered their prayer. And one day the Holy Spirit told them, you call the minister from down the road to your house. And they put a message out for the minister to come. The minister came into their home and they said, the Holy Spirit has told us now is the time that I'm going to pour out my spirit. And as the minister was sitting there, the presence of God was so strong. And that was the release of what happened. And within a few evenings, in the middle of the night, at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, right? There's no service. It's not Sunday, 10 a.m. It's the middle of the night. Guess what happens? The Holy Spirit pours out. And people in their homes, people out clubbing, people in the pubs, wherever they were at that time of night, lying in their beds, woke up and realized that they needed to repent and give their lives to Jesus. And they all got up, all of them. They went to two places. They went to the police station, not because they were trying to tell the police all their sins, <laughs> but they went to the police station because they knew there was a constable that had a genuine love for God. And they wanted to find him. And they wanted to say, teach us what is happening. What's going on? We don't understand what's going on. The rest of the people went down to the church. And the church isn't even open. Well, obviously the doors open in Scotland. You know, the doors are always open in Scotland, you know. So the, the, the whole church was filled, the whole graveyard and, and all the entrance into the church, that was all filled. And all the street was filled with all the people that were all on their knees at the, the sidewalk, praying, crying out to the name of God. That's what revival looks like. It's not some media event because we've got some great band and some greatly anointed evangelist. Listen, the office of evangelist is not about preaching to the masses. The office of evangelist is to teach people how to evangelize. That's the office. And what we've done is we've lifted up the gift and we push it out and we say, you go. But that gift was meant to teach. It was meant to train the normal person how to be effective in sharing our faith in a local level with your family, with your community. And God says, I am restoring my ministry gifts. I'm restoring the order. I'm restoring the order of how the fivefold needs to function and how the fivefold needs to work. This is the hour, says the Lord, where I'm going to do that. This is the hour when he is going to establish that. So what's he saying to us today? He's saying, well, you go deeper. So what is hindering you from being everything that he has called you to be? What's stopping you? And the very thing that stops us is, uh, is, is, our, is our mindset. It's the mindset that stops us. Where is our mindset compared or, uh, you know, concerning the things of God? Have we set our minds on things above and not on things beneath? He's saying, I'm calling you to lift up your eyes and see. See what? The fields are ripe unto harvest, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest sends forth the workers. But I love the scripture. And look, it says, pray earnestly. Don't just pray, pray earnestly. So what does it mean to earnestly pray? It means I'm getting into that place. I'm not going to leave. Why? We need to see a move of heaven. What I love about the disciples' prayer, I don't call it the Lord's prayer. It's not for him. He knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the Lord's prayer. No, it's the disciples' prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's where we've got to start. If you don't know how to lift up the name of God in your life, you will not have victory in any area of your life. Hallowed be your name. And then the next part is this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. I want to 
I want to ask us as a body right now to picture what that looks like. It means the rule of heaven will overrule the rule of this earth. So every circumstance, every situation, every feeling, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are facing, I want you to see this right now. We are going to proclaim your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. We proclaim spiritual warfare right here, right now. Sometimes when we stand on our own through the troubles and the trials and the things that we go through, we, uh, you know, if our mindset is not right, we're going to limit God. We're going to limit the blessing. We're going to limit the breakthrough. We need the body of Messiah. We need to come together as the body of Messiah. Maybe you're going through a tough situation right now and, you know, it doesn't even matter who comes up to you. Your mindset is so wrong. You can't even receive from the body. Never mind receive from the presence of God. Your love is deeper. Your love is higher. Your love is long. Your love is wide. Deeper than my view of grace. Higher than the highest place. I love that. Deeper than my view of grace. Deeper than my view. So what's the Holy Spirit saying? If you will lift up your eyes to the mountain, where does our help come from? I was blessed to go the other day to the musical of David at Sight and Sound in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Man, I tell you, it was so amazing. You know, you got David and Goliath. You know, come on, it's the story of David. You know, what's the biggest story we think about? You know, it's about how he destroyed the enemies. But you know, the whole theme for the entire three, four-hour musical or three hours, it was amazing. It was about this. David's heart was after God. This is the one who made mistakes beyond All of us here probably, you know, anyone martyred? I think you're all here, so you're not in jail, you know. (laughs) What have we gone through? What has he gone through? And what did he do? He got to that place where he wept, he prayed, he pressed in because of his sin. And then what did he do? He rose up and he ate a meal. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I need my people to rise up. I need you to go deeper. And if we are going to go into the world and make a difference, we have to go with God. What did God say to the children of Israel when they were in their disobedience and didn't go, and then they reaped the consequences of their sin? Oh, I've got the revelation. Okay, I'll go now. What does God say? Well, on you go. (laughs) I'm not coming with you. (laughs) Well, wait a second. What, you're not coming with us? No, we're, no, we have zeal. We have marketing. We have finances. We've got a sword. We've got a shield. We're going to go into battle. You walk in the battle, guess what? You're going to face defeat. Why? I haven't gone before you. Then in the beginning of Deuteronomy, we see the revelation of the children of Israel. They got that revelation. I'm not going to go unless you go. So I want to ask the question, where are we in going for God today? Where are we? Is it your mindset that's stopping you going? What is the event that's happening in your life that is hindering the call of God over your life? Is it because that you're speaking to yourself in a way that you're pulling down the gifting, you're pulling down the calling of God? What is it that's stopping you? Is it the curse of others? They know the past. They know what you've been through and they curse you. They're not going to forgive you like God forgives you. And we think that we have to wait for them to come in line before we can go. Yet the forgiveness of God, like it was to Peter, was that the angel says, tell the disciples to meet me in the Galilee and Peter. I am a God who forgives. I am a God who has set you free. And when he sets you free, what are we? We are free indeed. Oh, hallelujah. Praise him for that. We are free indeed. We have got to know how to receive the freedom of God. There's many situations I've been in as I'm on the streets, as I'm traveling, 
There's many circumstances of what people are going through in their life that are far bigger than any ability I have to minister into. But even in those places, when you have no words, when you have nothing that you know how to pull on, we can pull on him and say, Holy Spirit, I don't have a word. What do you do with the elderly gentleman that comes and says, my granddaughter was killed yesterday, and then today my grandson tried to kill himself? When they're standing there broken with tears running down their faces, knowing that if they don't get the strength of the Lord, the strength of God, if it doesn't come at this moment, how am I going to get past this place? How do I even walk past in the park from this moment? In the place of no words, just in the place of bringing the comfort of God, He is able. And I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit is saying right now. He's saying, my comfort is here. It's not about the words of man, because man is so limited. Even even the most profound professors, they are so limited. When it comes to the healing power of a mighty God, when it comes to the deliverance of a mighty God, there is nothing that man can give you. And when people come to pray at the tent, they don't come to pray because they think, oh, wow, look at you, you're pretty awesome. I recognize when they come to the tent, they don't care about who I am. They care about who he is. They haven't come to see man, but they've come to see God. What is God saying to you today? He's saying, I'm here. And I see you, I see your need, I see what you're going through, I see the challenges that you are facing. I see the difficulties, and you might have even been in that place where you say, you know, I can't take it any longer. What is my life all about? Well, what, what's going on when, when they're, the, the cries of our heart, obviously, we've lost the depth of God. So what caused us to lose the depth of God? Was a, a circumstance? Was a, a situation? Was it an event that happened? Was it because you moved into deferred hope? You thought God was going to do something and he didn't do it. You thought that man was going to do something. He didn't do it. You're in the place of lack. You're in the place of brokenness. But what does it say in the scripture? That even in the place of lack, even in the place of brokenness, I am your gods. And I am the God who restores you. Well, come on, God, if you're a God who restores, then why am I even in this problem in the first place? Isn't he awesome? Like, how, did I, how did I end up in this place? How did I end up in lack? How did I end up in sin? How did I end up in brokenness? How did I get here? Because we lost connection with the depth of God. But isn't it amazing? He knew that we would be here. He knew what we would go through in life. He knows our failings, that even before our failings, and this is what I love about Jesus, what's so incredible about him, yet when we were still sinners, he saw and he took our sin upon him. And it wasn't our decision. He carried the weight of your pain. He carried the weight of your brokenness. And his cry was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do when they were crucifying him. But he knew that this is the only price that could be paid to set the captives free. So if all of that freedom is available in Jesus, why are we not experiencing it? Something's in the way. Oh, hallelujah. I just want you to picture right now, whatever is in the way of your healing, whatever is in the way of your deliverance, God says, I'm moving it out of the way now. Some people are seeing things dissolve right before them in their, in the, in their eye, in, the minds, in their mind's eye. They're seeing it delivered. Why? It has to happen first in the spiritual realm. Where is your blessing? It's in the spiritual realm. Why did God put it there? So that no man, no demon can rob you from the blessings that he has for you. 
oh, I don't see the fullness of it all right now. I might be in the pain. We all might be facing pain. Listen, I don't preach. I, don't, I didn't wait to preach because everything's good, by the way. If I was waiting till everything is good, <laughs> would I have gone? You know, listen, I had no money. I didn't even know how I was going to pay the rent back after Passover in April. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, yeah, you think you're in lack? You think you're in lack now? Then what I need you to do is take all the money that you think is for rent. I need you to buy an airline ticket. And then I need you to go minister to people. I'm going to show you people in lack. You think you're in lack? Go spend $1,600 on a plane ticket with $50 left and, and, and leave the country and leave your wife and daughter. Go, you know, you want to see lack? Let's talk about lack. Go. The first person that gave me finances was a person who uh, is not yet saved. And uh, his wife is a supporter of the ministry and uh, I've prayed with their family for their son to be transformed, who was delivered from drugs, transformed, victory, married with a child serving God. Hallelujah, praise the name of Yeshua, of Jesus. But her husband has still not come through. And we've prayed for, I don't know, 10 plus years. And, and uh, when she found out I was, I was flying into Charlotte, she asked her husband, you know, can Kenny Russell stay with us? Uh, you know, he's just flying in when he lands. And he's like, absolutely not. He's not staying with us. And make sure you understand this. Don't give that guy any money either. <laughs> because she's such a giver. She has a passion to, to give. Don't give him any money. He's not coming to stay here. So she's praying. She's like, well, you know, I've got to be obedient to my husband. I can't give him any money. And, um, but you know what I can do? I can take them out for a meal with another couple. So they pick me up at the airport, take me for a meal. I've got nowhere to stay, nowhere to go. And I'm not concerned. I'm not stressed. I know he is able. And we go out for the meal. And our son Daniel uh, just happens to be in the area where we're eating. He stops by. It was great to see him on fire for God. And we just have the meal. He says, well, where are you staying tonight? I said, oh, I have no idea. He said, well, why don't you stay at my house? He said, I haven't got a spare room because we've got a new baby room for the, the forthcoming baby. But what I can do is we'll go to Walmart and get an air mattress if that's okay. I said, sure, hallelujah. And uh, so we go back uh, to Karen's house to get organized. And then we're going to go get an air mattress and uh, I'm going to stay at Daniel's. And she meets her husband at home and... Um, she says, oh, um, Kenny Russell's going to stay at Daniel's. And we're just, he's going to go buy him an air mattress for him to sleep on. And her husband says, Kenny Russell's not staying at Daniel's on an air mattress. He says, give them our lake home. Tell Kenny he can have the lake home. And she's like, what? Man, this is my husband that's not a believer. He can't stand anything. <laughs> I don't even know they have a lake home. Anyway... Uh, no, you have the base apartment at the lake home, so I get taken into the sticks, the middle of nowhere, where your cell phone doesn't work, a little bit like here on AT&T, you know? <laughs> I've got no cell phone in the back then. I get taken to this lake home. I have a place to stay, and it's a blessing. Then they pick me up for Shabbat, a Friday night meal, and during that meal, uh, we're all fellowshiping. Her husband stays, which he doesn't normally do. And uh, Karen said, can you just share for a couple of minutes? I just shared for a couple of minutes. Her husband stays, and we're just, he's sitting next to me. We're talking. Anyway, I then find out everyone's going to Lake Home to stay for the weekend. So that's great. I won't be on my own in the middle of nowhere in the sticks, uh, you know, about an hour and a half from Charlotte, North Carolina. And we get there, and uh, he's already there setting the fire pit up, got the fire going and all the stuff happening. And he walks up to me right down in that dark area, just him and me, no one else there. He walks up and he said, this is for you. And he had this little tear that's just like struggling down his cheek, right? And he gives me $1,200. And, I, you know, I didn't tell him. Man, I had 50 bucks, which was down to about, no, I think I had 40 bucks. Now, I mean, I spent $10 since I landed in the country. And he hands me $1,200, and someone phoned up and said, uh, you need a pickup truck and a 12-foot trailer? I'm going to go buy it for you so you can be on the road and minister. God knows what he is doing. 
And, you know, as, as Scott shared earlier about that testimony of walking into that church, I'm not out there looking for what's the source of provision. I wasn't even thinking about provision. I was out with my bags of water, a few snacks and things. Um, how can I minister to the broken and the homeless? That's what I thought I was doing that evening when I went out. I'm, the Holy Spirit said, I have a divine appointment for you. And I'm looking for someone in need. Who can I sow into in a place of need? I filled the tank of fuel up. I left, I left uh, Dallas, Texas with $250 to get to New York. Now, you know, at 10 miles to the gallon, 2,000 miles, you're not getting there on 250 bucks. But, you know, every time we travel, everywhere we go, this is what the Holy Spirit said. I'll fill your tank. Your tank will be full. I'll always put gas in the tank, and I'll provide everything you need as you go. So I filled the tank up with fuel. I had $250 when I left. Now I've got a tank of fuel. I had $30 left. I didn't go, oh, awesome. I can't wait for me to use $30 of fuel to put it in the tank. No, this is the mindset. Father, where do I need to sow this? This money is not going to take me to New York. And I'm not expecting it to take me to New York. But where do I have to sow this? And he showed me I sowed it. And I wasn't stressing. I wasn't fretting. Where's the provision? No, I, he is able. When, when you walk by faith and live in the Spirit, you know that he is able. So what happened is I went out that night and I'm looking for someone. And I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, driving around for an hour or so. And then, then the Holy Spirit has me pray this prayer. Father, is there a church that's meeting tonight that you need me uh, to go to? Is there someone I have to see? And when you walk in the prophetic, your spiritual awareness just kicks in. Wait a second. Why has the Holy Spirit got me praying that? And, and where did that prayer come from? It came from the interpretation of tongues. Sharima takahasa. We need to be people that understand the power of praying in the Spirit. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the interpretation of what we're praying even in the secret place. So I'm praying in the Spirit, and then the revelation is coming. Is there a church that I need to be at? And that's where those things opened up. And they said, you know, that fellowship was moving from Sunday to Saturday, and the God was doing a mighty work there. And this was their first time where this uh, lady was introducing the entire congregation, teaching them, this is what I'm setting up. This is going to be the procedure going forward from today for this ministry. Now, I, I only show up for the last 10 minutes. I, I missed the entire message. I, I didn't know what she was preaching on. I just walked in, and she's talking about the blessings of Sabbath. And I'm like, oh, wow. Man, this is what I teach all over the world. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I walk in, and this is what, like, what is happening here? And when I stood up, I said, I just want to confirm, this is the word of the Lord. And the impact it had, she's like, are you an angel? Like God sends some guy from Israel to come and say this word may be established. This is the word of the law. When there's people in, in uh, the fellowship that are trying to work out, what does this mean for them? Are they, are they going to embrace this word? Are they going to embrace this message? But God has a way to take us deeper. And that's what's happening here today. It's not just about, wow, that's a great story. Hear the word of the Lord. He is saying, I'm calling you deeper. I'm calling you to a deeper place. Yes, we've all got baggage. Yes, we do. But we have to cast our cares. I'm not going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't matter how much it costs to drive from Dallas to New York. What matters is God says go. It doesn't matter how much it costs to get from Israel to America. It doesn't matter if I'm speaking or if I'm ministering to the broken on the streets. Five months I, I went out there and didn't speak in churches. Five months. How do you live? How do you function? How do you pay the bills back home? By the Spirit of God. He supernaturally provided. 
Holy Spirit told someone, write, write, write that guy a check out for $3,000 right now. Guess what? Cost $3,000 just to pay the bills. I spent all the money in Israel to fly to America. I haven't even started the mission yet. And the Holy Spirit tells someone to give me, to hand me $3,000. That goes in the bank. As soon as it cleared and was sent to Israel, it paid the bills in Israel. Every month for five months, all the bills were paid in Israel. All the bills were paid as we traveled, supernaturally. How many times did I come to the end of resources in the natural realm? Well, in five months, how many days are there? Three, six, nine, a lot. A lot of days, right? A lot of days. Almost half a year, guess what? Almost on a daily basis, I ran out of money. Why? Because there was always a need greater than me. So what do you do when that young man walks up to you when you're just coming out of Walmart with, you know, $15 of stuff and packs for giving to people in need and says, sir, could you spare even, even a can of food? Or... And I put my stuff in the truck. I said, where, where are you going for it? He said, I have two little babies and a wife and I have no money. And the cupboards are empty. I have no food. And I just received the gift. I had a little bit of money. Not a lot. Oh, I had needs. Yeah, I didn't have much fuel in the car. I was thinking about maybe this will be the money for the fuel. I bought a little bit of stuff out of Walmart. And I said, oh, no, you need to come with me. So it's not about a little can out of the bag of what I have in my truck. We need to go shopping right now. And, you know, the first thing I got is a cooked chicken. So when you walk into the house, the first thing you can do is give your wife and your children bread and chicken. And you can eat something hot. You don't have to think about how am I going to make it. And then we went through every line. I said, what do you need? And he just put stuff in the basket. I said, what do you need? And then I, I had some revelation. I think you need this. He didn't think. He's like, no, I think you need this. I think you need that. We go around. We get all the shopping. We get to the till guess what? It costs all of the money I have minus 20 bucks. I'm like, hallelujah, i got 20 bucks left. That's awesome. And he's standing there with all those bags. Thank you so much. And what was the message? In the midst of your difficulty, never curse God. In the midst of your lack, in the midst of your brokenness, don't curse God. Turn to him. Don't turn to how this world tells you what you need to do to, to, to get through your difficulty, to get through your, tr your troubles and your, your struggles, turn to God. I said, well, how are you going to get home? He said, I've no idea. I've got so much shopping. I don't even know. I haven't even got any money to get on the bus and I live too far away. I said, well, you better put your stuff in the back of my truck and I'll drive you home. And I get home to his house and I walk into this little apartment that hasn't even got a light on because that would mean using electricity. I walk in, it's just dark. Two little babies and his wife. And we walk in with all the bags of shopping. And we place them on the counter and she just starts weeping. She's bald. She's like, what? I said, this is the provision of God. This is what the provision of God looks like. And I said, don't curse God, turn to God. They started repenting. The Holy Spirit started moving. I said, let's just pray. We just came around, we prayed. We ministered, the Holy Spirit poured out. God just transformed our lives right there, you know, in uh, their kitchen, in their little apartment. And uh, then I, I left, I got in the truck, I thought, thank you, Father, you're so amazing. And then he comes out and he says, sir, he said, listen, he says, my wife does have a job, but she has no money to get to the job. Would you be able to drive her to our job tonight? <laughs> I'm like... No, I'm not going to be able to drive you to our job. But guess what? I had $20 in my pocket. Sometimes you've got to get to the end of everything you have. So I was able to give them. I said, look, I can't take it to work, but here's $20. I'm sure she can get the bus and, and work it out with $20 to and from work. He's just tears running down his face. He's like, you have no idea. Thank you so much. He said, that is just so God. So if we're going to go deeper with God today, and it's the prophetic word of what he's saying, his love is deeper, his love is higher, his love is longer, his love is wider. And isn't it amazing how it says in that song, his love is longer and wider. When you go to Psalm 103 
uh, verse 13 or 12, what does it say? How far does he remove his sins from us? As far as the east is from the west. I want to ask a question. How far have you removed your sin from yourself? Are you going to allow man to determine when the forgiveness of God breaks through? Or are you going to allow his forgiveness to break through today? It's breaking through right now. This is time for us to go deeper. So what is God's restoration? God's restoration is this. It is, it is not to restore to what you were before. Ha, huh, that would have been great. Oh, God, if you just take me back to where I was. Oh, remember the good old days. Isn't that amazing how the good old days are so much better than today? Oh, you know, you go through the pictures and you're like, oh, man, the good old days. Ha, huh. Oh, just take me back to the good old days. And this is what God is saying. I am a God who restores you beyond anything you ever had before or anything that you could even imagine. When Job went through his troubles, he didn't just say, you lost this, you lost that. Ha, bully for you. No, he said, you are going to experience my restoration. I just want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to have a conversation with God. If you're watching online as well, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. It's okay. You can keep your eyes open. (laughs) But if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, the reason why it's good to close our eyes is because sometimes we've got to switch ourselves off from this realm. And I want to speak an open heaven over your life right now, over your family right now. Just lift up your spiritual eyes and say, God, I need you. Ask him right now and you shall receive and your joy will be complete. I break the spirit of delay in the name of Jesus. I break the spirit of lack in the name of Jesus. That spirit of suicide, that spirit of depression, I break you now in the name of of Jesus of Nazareth. We just proclaim, God, you are able. By the power of your Holy Spirit, will you cancel every assignment against my life and against my family? And Father, will you put us back on the tracks of ministry, back on the tracks of being effective for your gospel, for your kingdom? We just prophesy to ourselves right now. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I will not walk in the ways of this world. I will not walk in the ways of what man think about me. But I choose right now to walk in your ways. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my life right now. And I thank you, God, that this truly is the day of restoration. And Father, we pray over Crystal River right now, over this time. Father, we ask that you pour out your spirit. It's not about the words of man. It's about the people of prayer who will stand in the gap, who will say, God, save the broken Minister to the needs of this town. Minister to the needs of this town right now. We ask you, Father, for revival. We ask you, Father, for such a supernatural move of your spirit in this community. Because your love is so deep. Your love is so high. Your love is so long. Your love is so wide. And we receive it, not just so that we can experience your restoration, but so that we can be restored to be effective for your kingdom. So give us your orders today, Father. Speak to us. Equip us today by the Spirit. That's what we pray. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by your Spirit. And we recognize that today. So, Father, we just take a big deep breath and just just receive everything that you have for us.
And forgive us, Father, for the times that we have not sought your face in the midst of our despair and brokenness. And we receive from heaven this day. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. You know, if you're sick, if you're experiencing any sickness in your body, I just want to invite you to place your hand on the part of your body where you're sick. Just place your hand on the part of the body where you're sick. This is a day of healing. This is a day of his healing power. You know, when we preach the gospel of the kingdom, it says signs and wonders will follow us. It will follow the preaching of the gospel. And it doesn't matter if it's on the streets, in a fellowship, wherever we are, when we are proclaiming the gospel of his kingdom, signs and wonders follow. So you might want to stand in the gap for a loved one right now, experiencing sickness, experiencing difficulty. And Father, we ask you to bring forth your healing power right now. We are not reliant upon the report of the doctors. You are a God who is able. It says in the scripture that by your stripes we are healed. So we receive that healing power of Jesus Christ right now. We thank you for healing us from the top of our head to the tips of our toes. And Father, as we stand in the gap, also for those who are sick, we just call uh, for their healing right now in Jesus' name. And we know that you can do it right now, no matter where they are. We just proclaim supernatural healing over their life right now. I say to tumors, shrivel up and die. Sis, go in Yeshua's name. I also release the confidence of God over this place into your lives, into your heart, that we have confidence in him. Restore confidence. Raise us up, Father, and send us out to be effective for your kingdom. In Yeshua's mighty name, hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, thanks for taking time to listen today. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is doing a mighty work. And I want to encourage you, you know, I didn't come here just because I was looking for somewhere to go. When I was in New York, the Holy Spirit said I had to be here. In fact, the whole five months when I was traveling across the country, I went back home to Israel for the feast for a month. But even when I was driving across, I'm like, Holy Spirit, when do I get to go be with Scott? And I'm like, I've got to get to Florida. When am I going to Florida? And, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't have me come to Florida. I was in Canada. I was across America, all over. I never got to Florida. But that's okay. There's the right timing and then when I got into New York, I asked the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? And it wasn't because I had thermal socks on. You know, I have to confess, I had thermal socks on at the time. But it wasn't just because of thermal socks. I'm like, Father, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go to Florida because the weather is good so we can do more ministry outside to the broken. So it's a blessing to, to be in Florida. But I want to ask you to pray for what we do here, because I'm here to serve you. We're going to do work here in this time. I don't know how long I'm here for. Maybe I'm here for two weeks. Maybe I'm here for a month. I don't know what the Father's going to do. But let's minister to this community. Let's pour out. You know, the people I got to pray for today, the brokenness, the things that I experienced just with people on the streets. Man, it's amazing. They're not here, are they? They weren't going to get ministered to. If I didn't go out there with a prayer tent, they wouldn't have had hope today. 50 people received letters of hope this morning that if, we, if I didn't bother getting out of bed this morning, they wouldn't have received. I've watched people with tears in their faces. As I've given out these letters of hope, I've watched people cry, even believers cry. So I'm going to give you all a letter of hope as well for you to take away with you. It'll be down the front. You can take it. I was going to, I was going to pass them out. Right, yeah. So that way everybody can have Yeah, let's uh, And you can take more than one. It's not like we're lacking here. <laughs> so, um, and if you want to join with me as we go out, um, you know, make sure that we understand that you want to be involved in outreach 
And in between the rainy times and the things that happen, we are going to be on the streets and in the parks. And uh, don't be afraid. Come and join me. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, the more people are there, the more I get to play my djembe, you know. If I'm on my own, I don't get to play the djembe, you know. But uh, if we've got a team out there, we can play the djembe. And you know what happens when we go out there? Other people come and join us from other fellowships, other believers. Some believers aren't even part of a fellowship. And they're like, how can I pray for people? How can I be with people? It really is amazing. So anyway, thank you for allowing me the time to share uh, the word this morning. And thank you, uh, Pastor Scott. It is a blessing to be with you. And uh, I just uh, thank God for you and for your wife and for this ministry and what the Father is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, it's a blessing to have Kevin. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, I, uh, I'm so blessed by uh, Dr. Russell coming down. You know, just uh, what a wonderful thing. You know, I just want to receive an offering for him. Um, you know, we normally don't uh, receive two offerings, but today I just want to receive a second offering. And, um, you know, I believe that God is going to bless you for blessing what he's doing. Um, I just want to, for those who are watching online, you can go to uh, at the website on, online uh, to give and uh, and just please uh, you know give to the work of God.